Canned beans. Check. Three months supply of toilet paper. Check. Everybody Loves Raymond, the complete series on DVD with a DVD player and backup generator to power the DVD player so we can watch Raymond in case we lose electricity. Check. You know, Ryan, I think we might be over planning. Over planning, you say? Tonight's weather forecast is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And you think we're over planning? I can practically smell the oregano in the air. I don't think that's the real weather forecast for tonight. Are you sure you didn't fall asleep listening to, like, an audiobook or watching a movie and maybe got confused? All I know is that I heard the phrase cloudy with a chance of meatballs and I'm not taking any chances. Even if delicious Italian meatballs did fall from the sky, what's the worst that could happen? I've never been through a meatball storm before, so I'm going to be as prepared as I can before I lose it all in a marinara flood. So, let's continue. Garlic bread for dipping? Check. Italian dictionary? Check. Wait, why do we need that? Miglio prevenere che curare. Huh? That means better safe than sorry in Italian. You're listening to Million Bazillion. I'm Bridget. I'm Ryan, and we help dollars make more sense. What are you doing there? Boarding up the windows, just in case it's not just meatballs falling from the sky, but something heavier, like entire cannolis or charcuteries of gabagool. Oh! Okay, while you're preparing for that, let's listen to today's question. My name is Archer, and I'm nine, and I'm from Los Angeles, California. My question is, what is insurance and how does it work? My dad's an insurance agent, so I want to know what he's doing for his job. Bye. Now this is a timely question. Insurance is protection against the risk or the chance that a big, bad, expensive problem is going to happen to you. Because when you have insurance, the insurance company helps pay some of that bill. Uh, sounds a bit too good to be true, if you ask me. Hey, can you please hand me the duct tape? I want to insulate the window cracks against marinara spillage. Sure, here you go. Uh, There's so much to cover in this answer. I mean, insurance even confuses adults. How a person feels about it gets at the heart of their core values. Looks like we have our work cut out for us. I know. I don't think we've properly fortified our grain silo in the event we have to stay here through next winter. Wait, why are you working so hard to get ready for this storm? Like, what are you worried about? Uh, I, uh, I, I don't have insurance, okay? <gasps> what? You don't have any insurance? Not on your car? Not on your house? No, not on my jar, not on my mouse. No insurance. None. Oh. Well, then we do have our work cut out for us explaining insurance. And we will get into it right after this. And now it's time for asking random kids not-so-random questions. Today's question is, if you got to buy the grown-ups in your life a gift, what would you pick out for them? Well, I would buy my mom, like, jewelry or purses. Jewelry. And I would buy, like, my dad wireless earbuds. Chocolate. Because most people like it. I would pick out a mug from Shutterfly with the picture from the time that we went to Costa Rica on it. Maybe if they've been wanting something for a while, get like that thing with like a picture of me on it. I would buy my grandmother a new TV since hers is old. Probably like a computer or something. Something a parent would need like a hair dryer or like a radio or something. She's probably gonna like that. 
That was Aaron, Roman, and Rafi from New York, Alan and Joel in Missouri, Ava in Minneapolis, Joshua in Denver, and William in Pittstown, New Jersey. This has been asking random kids not-so-random questions. Okay, welcome back to Million Bazillion. And it sounds like that storm is starting to flare up out there. Yeah, the meatballs are probably really coming down. They sound extra saucy. I mean, it sounds just like regular rain to me, but you've blacked out the windows, so we can't tell. I personally think it's raining meatballs, and I stand by it. Let's get back to this question from Archer. Right, right. What is insurance, and how does it work? A classic two-parter. So the insurance we're talking about is something that helps when the unexpected happens. Unexpected, but maybe not unpredictable. Oh, like on Everybody Loves Raymond, when Ray and Deborah are trying to have a nice evening to themselves and Ray's parents barge in and ruin everything? No, 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 no. I mean, um, unexpected things that cost money, like breaking your arm. No one plans to break their arm, but it does happen. You could be charged thousands of dollars in medical bills. So people have health insurance to help them pay those really big bills. That's just one type of insurance. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That all sounds great. But I think you're leaving out something pretty important here. What? What do you mean? Well, insurance isn't some kind of free charity operation. You have to pay for insurance. That's true, but Ryan, it's worth it to feel safe and protected. I have all the insurance, so I'm always prepared. Home insurance, car insurance, pet insurance, travel insurance, boat insurance. You don't have a boat. But if and when I do get a boat, I'll be covered. But insurance doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. Insurance companies like to find ways of wriggling out of covering you. You know that I used to have insurance. Did I ever tell you about the time a grand piano fell on my car? The insurance guy told me, sorry, you only have coverage against baby grands, not against grands. Not so grand, is it? Bye, baby. And that's when I promised myself from that day on, I would never be covered again. Oh boy, really coming down out there. Oh no. Power just went down. No need to be alarmed. I got flashlights. I just need to remember where I hid them in this pitch blackness. <laughs> Lucky I didn't break my arm. Look, we can't just sit here this entire storm trying to answer Archer's question on our own in the dark. Let me see. My phone is still working, so why don't we just call someone who knows more about insurance? Sure, yes, but if they try to sell you some snake oil or magic beans, don't buy them. No, 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 no. We're going to talk to Hannah Farber. She's assistant professor of history at Columbia University. She teaches, researches, and writes about early American history, especially about commerce and trade and business back during the American Revolution. So let's hear what she has to say. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Professor Farber. This is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Professor Farber. I trust you are properly sheltered from tonight's meatball storm. What? Oh, Ryan, thanks for taking my call, Professor Farber. Can you tell us how insurance was invented? So insurance in its modern form, we think, started in the city-states of what's now Italy. I knew Italians were involved in this in some way, and not the lovable Barone family of Everybody Loves Raymond. Good show maybe around the year 1400, when merchants have this really valuable cargo, so merchants being guys who buy and sell for a living and they send stuff on ships to faraway places, uh, but they live in a really dangerous world where ships sink all the time, there are storms, there are pirates, there are wars. 
So this is a dangerous world. And so what merchants want to do is figure out how to share risks with each other so that if you have all of your stuff on one ship and the ship goes down, you are not bankrupted all alone. So one thing that the merchants do is they come up with this idea of an insurance policy. That probably went something like this. I'm sending my stuff on this voyage and it's pretty risky. A storm might sink my ship or it could be stolen by pirates. Can you guys help me out? (laughs) It's me, an insurer. How about this? You pay us $100. They were probably using a currency called florins back then. You pay us 100 florins. If your ship makes it back safe, you end up with the 1,000 florins your cargo is worth. Minus the 100 florins you already paid us. So you'll take home 900 florins. Okay, so you make 100 florins while I do all the work, and if my ship sinks, what does this insurance get me? If your ship sinks... We pay you 1,000 florins to replace what your cargo was worth. Okie dokie. Sounds good. Here we go. So you get some money back to help pay for your loss. You would be protected from, you know, financial ruin. Professor Farber, how would the insurance companies decide back then how much to charge the sea merchants? So the price of insurance policy depends on where you're going. It depends on the time of year, whether it's hurricane season, maybe. Uh, The price of an insurance policy also depends on the risk of the cargo that you're carrying. I'm a ship of gelato, ice cream. My ship is filled with explosives. I have rocks. Woohoo! If you are carrying a cargo of rocks, well, not much is going to happen to your rocks while you're going from place to place. They get wet, they're still rocks. Wait, why would someone ship rocks? If you are carrying ice cream or explosives, your cargo is a lot more risky. Your ice cream might melt. Your um, explosive might blow up. And so in that case, your insurer will say, well, we're going to charge you a lot more because we think it's pretty likely that something bad is going to happen to your stuff while on the way to your destination. Oh, so the price you pay for insurance all has to do with how likely it is that the bad thing you're protecting against is going to happen. Okay, so we'll insure the rocks for 50 florins. Yeah, and why would someone ship rocks? I need gelato ice cream for 200 florins and the explosives for, um, let's say, 500 florins. I'm not in the mood for a big risk today. I'm still not sure if I buy this insurance scheme, but here's another thing. When people talk about insurance, they use the words premium and deductible. What are they even talking about? You know, it's a funny thing. Insurance jargon uh, has been an aspect of the insurance business for a really long time. So you shouldn't let that intimidate you when you learn about insurance. A premium is the thing that you pay uh, up front, the price of your insurance policy. That's the 100 florins we paid at the beginning of the trip. Oh, and the policy is just like the agreement or contract between you and an insurance company. And then a deductible is something that they say, even if you experience some loss on your cargo, that's still your problem. Um, Your insurance policy only kicks into effect if you've lost a significant amount of your cargo. Oh, because maybe the insurance company wants to make sure that you're still careful on your trip. You're going to make sure your ice cream isn't melting and that your rocks are secure. And you've got some skin in the game to keep your stuff safe before the insurance company has to step in. Yeah, exactly. Deductible. Okay, I think I get it. Thanks so much, Professor Farber. 
Goodbye, guys. Wait, wh- why would someone ship rocks? Ah, wow, that was great talking to Professor Farber. And good idea to ask about premiums and deductibles, Ryan. I always confuse those two. I wish I had like an easier way to just remember the difference. Well, Bridget, you're in luck, because when I heard we were doing an insurance-themed episode, I immediately called my good friend, Broadway sensation, Lin-Manuel Marimba. Lin-Manuel Miranda? No, Lin-Manuel Marimba, different guy. And I asked him to write us a song to teach the difference between premiums and deductibles. And Lin, not being very busy, immediately agreed. This is that song. Adults lecture night and day about the things they know. They'll insist they're always right, but that is just for show. Here's two words about which they won't have a great assurance. Two words that always come up in conversations about insurance. Hey, the storm's cleared. We're free to go outside. Let's take this premium and deductible song to the streets. Allow me to continue our lesson melodically. Uh, To have insurance, you must pay a premium periodically. Uh, When you get in an accident and you make an insurance claim, your premium goes up. That's just the name of the game. A deductible, on the other hand, is money that you have to pay uh, before insurance covers you. This is just the way. Uh, A deductible is some annoying amount like $2,000, $2,000, and if you want to complain, get online with the other callers. Um, by the way, it looks like it didn't rain any meatballs. It looks like a totally normal rainstorm. Wait now, are you sure the moisture covering the ground isn't meatball juice? I'm pretty sure it's rain. If it rained meatballs all night, how come we don't see any? Maybe the city cleaned them up already. Like in the last five minutes, the city was able to clear the streets of thousands of meatballs. Maybe we'll never know. Ryan, it's rain. Uh, Hey, I got an idea. Let's run around on the slippery sidewalk and splash around in the puddles. Okay, just be careful running on a wet sidewalk. It's okay. It's a musical number. Nothing bad can happen. Deductible and premium, these are two words to know. If you're to be bohemian and save yourself some dough. Oh, my arm. Are you okay? (sighs) Good news. My face, or my moneymaker as I call it, appears unscathed. Bad news? Feels like maybe I broke my arm. And worse news? I don't have medical insurance. This seems like it could be an interesting opportunity to get into how health insurance works. And to fix my arm, right? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. And to fix your arm. Uh, When we come back from this, quick break. Hey friends, we are back. Turns out in the middle of answering Archer's question about insurance, Ryan fell, hurt his arm. We have just arrived at the hospital to learn a little bit more about health insurance. Ow! And to fix his arm. You know what this reminds me of? The series finale of Raymond, where Raymond goes to the doctor and they can't bring him out of anesthesia. And his brother Robert goes, let me in there. I can wake my brother up. It's a real tearjerker. Okay, come on, let's go inside. We're here. My name's Doc McSnuggles. Whether you're a giraffe with a sore throat or a centipede with a bad back, I'll fix you up in seconds flat. Oh, no. You brought me to Doc McSnuggles? This isn't even a real hospital. She treats, like, stuffed animals. What's wrong with that? It's cute. Kids love Doc McSnuggles. And the wait times here are very reasonable. 
This waiting room is wild. All kinds of problems. Rainbow unicorn with a sprained horn. Snake eating its own tail. And what's your problem, Mr. Frog? I got stung by a scorpion. (sighs) Again? Well, he said I could trust him because he was crossing the river on my back. But then he stung me anyway. What? It's in my nature. Excuse me. Excuse me, there appears to be a mistake with my medical bill. I'm being charged for feather treatment, and I'm a bat. I don't even have feathers. Mrs. Bat, you're going to have to take that up with your insurance company. I've been on hold with them all morning. Your call is very important to us. Okay, next up, Perez Ryan Jingleheimer. Your middle name is Jingleheimer? Shh, tell the whole world while you're at it. Doc McSnuggles is ready to see you. Follow me. Good luck, Ryan. Be brave. Okay. Let's take a look at that arm. Oh, definitely fractured. Yep. I'm going to have to set it real quick. It should take just a second. Hmm. Now, where was that arm sling for humans? Nope. That one's for hippos. So, Doc McSnuggles, I have a confession to make. I'm not that kind of doctor. I'd gladly refer you to a good therapist, Dr. Naomi McSnuggles Stutz. Oh, no. My confession is that I don't have health insurance. Hey, not my problem. I'm going to treat you either way. But for future reference, health insurance should help with some of those big medical costs. You might want to get it. Well, how am I supposed to even do that? Any way you can. Some people get health insurance through the government. Some people get it through their jobs. Some folks are on their own to buy it. But it's like a stuffed animal physician say. One day you'll be a patient for one reason or another. And when it's your turn, you want to be covered. Hmm, I feel like I've heard that song somewhere else. And let me tell you, some of my patients go years without coverage because they don't have jobs and can't afford to buy insurance on their own. But how are they supposed to get jobs when they're stuffed animals? Then they don't come to see me when they're sick. And by the time they do come, they've got some kind of stuffed animal disease that's harder to treat. Oy, it gives me agita, this system. But it seems like even when they have insurance, a lot of patients are frustrated and confused. Oh, I see you've been sitting in my waiting room. Yep, whether you're a mermaid cat, a fluffy pink elephant, or a Bengal tiger. Pretty much all of my patients agree. It's not a perfect system. And sadly, my patients usually have to navigate it when they're sick and already not feeling well. Why don't you just change the rules of your hospital? Oh, this isn't my hospital, and I don't make the rules. There's a really big company that owns this hospital and a lot of others. They talk to the insurance company about prices and how much insurance will cover. And then there's the government, of course. The government? What do they have to do with my medical care? The government makes the rules for how all this works. In my experience, what's best for the health of the patient gets lost in the mix. Oh, hey, look over there, a dancing lasagna. Really? Where? (laughs) Sorry, I had to catch you off guard. That's the only way to set these fractures. Okay, you're all set. That fracture should heal up in a few weeks. Uh, How much is this all going to cost me? You know, I don't even know. 
But as long as this health stuff is as expensive as it is, people are going to need help paying for it. And that's where insurance comes in. Don't worry, though. You'll catch a bill in the mail. They never forget the bill. Okay. Thanks, Doc McSnuggles. Don't mention it. So how'd it go? Well, I'm sold. I understand the reasons why insurance exists and why it might be a good idea to have some. Really? Okay, let's go home and get you signed up for all the insurance. Oh, there's this policy that will insure your toaster, and it comes with a blender. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say I'm ready to get all the insurance. Besides, just because some insurance is helpful doesn't mean all insurance is worth it. Hi, I'm Avery. I'm eight years old. I'm from San Diego, California. Let's ask the economist. An economist is someone who studies why we make certain decisions about money. Let's ask an economist what they think about buying insurance. My name is Damon Jones. I'm an associate professor at the University of Chicago at the Harris School of Public Policy. I would say the first priority for insurance would be to protect yourself against catastrophic events. So these are things that if they happened, they would cost a lot of money to fix, maybe more money than you have in your savings account. So this is like health insurance, insurance on your car if you own a car, homeowner and renter's insurance. These are like major events that if they happened would put you uh, in a major bind. So for very small things, there's only a small chance that, you know, things are going to go wrong with those small purchases. Most times they don't. Now, the way that insurance works, uh, the person selling you insurance, they uh, make the most money when they when you buy insurance for something that's not likely to really happen. So usually when someone is trying very hard to sell you insurance, they probably think they're going to profit off of that. So they probably think this is not really going to happen. But if you buy this insurance, I can make some money and keep that money. I'm probably not going to have to pay out as much. And I buy like a flight when I'm about to check out, you know, they have this big sign that says, do you want to insure this? It's only like $8. It's only $10. And then I say no. And then it says, are you sure? That's usually a bad sign. There's no right or wrong answer with insurance. It, it, it depends on what makes you feel safe. But there are some cases where we tend to maybe over-purchase insurance. And some of these small expenses are examples. That was Damon Jones, an economist from the University of Chicago, for this installment of Let's Ask an Economist. Well, a few weeks have passed, and it sounds like Ryan's arm is doing better because he's watching Everybody Loves Raymond and hammering all morning. Ryan, what are you doing? Today's weather report says that tonight it's going to be raining men. Wait, was this weather report maybe sung like to the beat of a disco song? Mm, now that you mention it, this particular forecast was kind of disco-y. Still, I'm not taking any chances. So what did we learn about insurance from all this? I broke my arm for this, so what you say right now better be worth it. No pressure. 
as much as we might like to, we can't plan ahead for every disaster that might happen in life. Insurance is supposed to help pay when those disasters are really expensive. Someone agrees to take on your risk for a price. The riskier your situation is, the more expensive your insurance is going to be. Uh, it sure does give you a lot to think about, though. Insurance is supposed to help us out, but what happens when it doesn't work the way we expect it to? And who's really responsible for making sure we're all able to protect ourselves from these big, expensive risks? What if you can't afford insurance? It's a flawed system that's still really important to have. And also, what do your parents really do at their jobs? Those are some really good questions, Ryan. You're telling me and my broken arm. So while we wait for health insurance to become a better system, maybe laughter is the best medicine of all. Which is why I always end the day with Raymond and his wacky family. Oh no, Deborah! My dad wants to use the bathroom! Oh, Ray. <laughs> Wow, thanks for listening to this episode of Million Bazillion. Next time, we're going to answer the question, why do different countries use different currencies? And we cannot wait to tell you the answer. Oh, yes. But if you want to know more about insurance, check out the tip sheet for this episode at our website, marketplace.org million. While you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter. So these tip sheets and new episodes come straight to your email inbox. Special thanks to the smart people who helped us figure out how to answer Archer's question. Archer's dad, Ash, Professor Hannah Farber from Columbia University, Damon Jones from the University of Chicago, Caitlin Donovan, Director of the National Patient Advocate Foundation, and thanks to our friends at Marketplace for their help, too. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace and American Public Media. This episode was written and hosted by me, Ryan Perez. Bridget Bodner is the senior producer and co-host. Voicing in this episode came from Kimberly Adams, Peter Ballinon-Rosen, Drew Jostad, Francesca Levy, Mel Rosenberg, and Maricela. Million Bazillion's producer is Marissa Cabrera. Jasmine Romero is our editor. Our sound designer and mixing engineer for this episode was Becca Weidman. The director of podcasts at Marketplace is Bridget. That's me. Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. Neil Scarborough is the VP and general manager. Million Bazillion is funded in part by the Cy Sims Foundation, partnering with organizations and people working for a better and more just future since 1985. And special thanks to the Ranzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance for providing the startup funding for this podcast and continuing to support Marketplace in our work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. If Million Bazillion is helping your family have important conversations about money, Consider making a one-time donation today at marketplace.org slash give million. And thanks for your support.